0: You're listening to Once, Episode 10, True North. welcome back to another episode of once the podcast about abc's tv show once upon a time i'm daniel j lewis i'm jeremy laughlin i'm dan flynn i'm jenny and we are four friends loving this tv show about fairy tales and the real world and a lot of twists and turns and strangers riding up on motorcycles even to this <laughs> podcast studio tonight it's really weird
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: But check us out on the web on our website, which is oncepodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show. If you aren't already, you can get links to us in iTunes, Zoom, all sorts of places. Even on Stitcher, you can listen to us. And also, if you go to iTunes, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review and rating there for us, and that would be wonderful. And make sure you're watching the website at oncepodcast.com, because we frequently post almost daily Something interesting to think about, some screenshots, some cool stuff to talk about. So check it out at OnesPodcast.com. Let's talk about this episode, True North. Brief recap is two
2: kids <laughs> lost from their dad.
3: <laughs> pretty exactly. much. That's, that's it. Doesn't <laughs> matter which
2: part of the show you're in, that's kind of the thing that's happening.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: And the difference, though, is in Storybrook, the kids get back with their dad. In fairy tale land, they don't. True. So let's talk about this episode. What did you guys think of this episode? Just initial thoughts.
2: Jeremy? It was a decent episode, I will say. It had some elements that I liked. I think that it was more of a, um, a functional show, which is an odd thing to say about an episode including an iconic story like Hansel and Gretel, but... I think that it was it wasn't such a a major episode, kind of like the Cinderella one. It was a major fairy tale, but it really, in the scheme of the series, I don't think it was a huge milestone. But it had some. Then again, I don't know that ending. Not to jump ahead, but that might be a milestone moment. Oh yeah, I think it will be. Dan, what
0: did
4: you think?
2: Uh, it was pretty good. Um, overall, I was somewhat
4: disappointed with the execution because I'm just going to be a little bit critical. But, um, yeah, I still, I love the actors. I love the storyline progressing, how we learned a little bit more of past of Emma and things like that. So they did, they gave us a little bit more to chew on as we're trying to figure everything out. Jenny, what did you think?
3: I liked it, but I thought they could have spent a little bit more time in the blind witch's house. Mm -hmm. I love that house. It really inspired me. To do some baking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Baking
2: of baked goods, right? Yeah. Not
3: not children. Not people.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: Just to be clear. Although you should see our collection of skeletons by the fireplace. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Ugh. Let's get into talking about this episode. We like to approach this from the perspective of splitting up the timeline so it's easier to follow what's happening in the two different worlds. But first off, did you notice the intro was just... The title. No recap. Yeah. I wonder, first of all, have we gotten to a point where they feel like they don't have to recap or explain it so much anymore? Or is that just because they had so much to fit into this episode that they were short mm. on time?
2: Now that you say it, it might have been a timing issue because I think it would be kind of silly to assume that nobody's watching for the first time. It's not like their recap takes a long time. Yeah.
0: And in that title screen, we see the gingerbread house, the candy house Mm -hmm. and all of that so it was kind of obvious right from that whereas most of the others are somewhat like you have to guess what it's about when we saw Mm -hmm. prince james there was a dragon when it was um uh jiminy cricket there was the spindle and it made us think it was going to be about you know either sleeping beauty or rumpelstiltskin when we saw the spindle and other things but this one this one was a direct connection so no guesswork there. I
4: like guessing too and this is the first time I went into the episode actually seeing the preview from the week before Mm. I try to close my eyes but (laughs) yeah, I saw it so I was like, I already know what's going to happen anyway and I didn't notice the the little intro was gone. I guess I sort of tune it out So this starts off with the father and his kids and
0: he gives them a compass which he says of that compass
1: So they don't get lost the family always needs to be
0: able to find one another. And that compass has its part throughout the episode. It gets broken, doesn't work, and then later it does. But that's a strong theme in this is that family finds each other. But just before that was uh, a line that Entertainment Weekly absolutely loved. And one of our listeners, it was uh, Obi's girl, sent this to us as well. As Jeremy, you'd pointed out this article <laughs> to us as well.
1: A fine specimen. The wood it provides will keep our family's hearts warm this winter.
2: <laughs> yes. And as Entertainment Weekly put it, thank you for explaining how wood works. <laughs> yes. A complaint that I've actually heard several times that, I haven't thought about as much myself watching the episodes, but in reading other people's recaps, it's like the, the production is strong, the acting is strong, the soundtrack. Um, the visual effects are usually strong, not always. But the dialogue sometimes, depending on who wrote the episode, <laughs> is just very basic sometimes. And the only reason it works is because there is such a strong performance behind it.
0: When the kids went off into the woods and then they went back looking for their father they were using the girl um hansel was gretel Gretel, (laughs) oh man i hope he doesn't hear this he's gonna be scarred for life (laughs) i mean when she blew her cheeks up it got me all confused about which one's a boy and a girl (laughs) (laughs) you too (laughs) but when gretel then uses the compass to lead them back to their father did you notice that we heard him Mm -hmm. in the background yeah yeah i'm
3: mm-hmm. pretty i'm pretty sure he was in the carriage with the queen when they got probably. there
2: probably I, I think definitely taken but i'm not sure definitely in the carriage because well, i would somewhere think somewhere that was the only place to conceal him that there would have been they had already taken him i presume yeah yeah where did they put the kids too that was dumb <laughs> moment true. number one well, it's like the kids get back and they go this is where we left him and then i can't remember where they heard the scuffle but they start shouting I'm like okay yep there might be danger let's start shouting that's Good. That's <laughs>
0: well
4: that's everyone's first reaction there's danger let's shout and try and find it <laughs> we also don't know too um i mean regina well the witch because the, uh, the queen she just walks the kids over to the to the place yes, so she doesn't take the true. carriage so he very well could have been in the carriage True. Otherwise, you know, they would have been pretty obvious. Oh, there's daddy tied up in the front seat. I wonder where daddy went. <laughs> in any case, the queen got
0: him somehow. Yeah. Do you think she got him because she wanted control over the kids?
4: Mm, I don't think so. That wasn't the impression I, I got. I think she planned it from the start. Why else would she capture a woodcutter?
0: I mean... She had some trees that
4: need to be chopped She did down.
2: say, what are you doing in my forest? Yeah, which was funny in and of itself. I mean, what? People aren't allowed in her forest? Isn't her forest pretty large? Isn't that, that not where all her people <laughs> They're not allowed on the King's Road. They're not allowed. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, her hair. Was it not two colors? It was a little
0: odd. <laughs> we see the queen teleport. Like, the guards are about to chase the kids, and the queen teleports. We knew she could teleport. Yes. Because we saw yeah, episodes one and two. So we know that. That's not really a surprise.
3: And the purple smoke just went so well with her purple coat. I just thought I needed to <laughs> she mention Color that. coordinates <laughs> her smoke.
2: She's always very <laughs> color coordinated.
0: Here's something I wonder: in seeing the smoke there, or the yeah, the black smoke as she tra- teleports, and then also when she teleports or transports, whatever you want to call it, the kids Apparates. Yeah. <laughs> when she does that again, it's the same, probably the same basic thing. That's then teleporting them. It makes me wonder about the nature of the curse. Because when the curse, when she summoned the curse, it was black smoke as well. So I'm wondering if the curse wasn't so much the transporting of people, but of creating the world. Because maybe she already had the ability to transport everyone to somewhere else. But that wasn't good enough. She wanted to make a new world where... Hmm it was the end of everyone else's
4: happy endings why and only her happy ending
3: why didn't she just chop some trees down in her magical forest and build a whole <laughs> other well, place maybe there? it's
4: like the movie push which wasn't that great oh, but that <laughs> sorry to bring it up i have to use it as an, you know, as an example <laughs> he has to visit the place before being able to teleport there and she's never been in our world so the curse just brought her into a different place
2: i don't know could be well she w- kept saying they were going somewhere
3: Somewhere horrible. Yes, yes <laughs> that's true. So, so I'm
2: thinking maybe the curse
0: is just one part of a recipe. That like the curse is what makes that someplace horrible, but she already had the power to send people somewhere else. It's just
4: a kind of how crazy about theory. our world was perfect, and then she came and made it horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Do you think know.
3: she can still like teleport and control like trees and vines and stuff in, in, in Storybrooke?
2: In Storybrooke. See, I don't know. I'm curious. That she can would be
3: squish enough. hearts.
0: We, well, yeah, but that's... <laughs> I could squish a heart. That didn't take magic.
4: Magic was happening when she squished the heart.
3: But, mm. yeah, because it turned into ash in her hand.
4: Yeah, that's true. Maybe to... all of her magic is just something that she's prepared ahead of time, and she can't actually produce anything here. She can just use what she's stored up. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Although, unless she didn't know, I almost have a hard time believing that she would want to do, use the curse if it meant giving up her power unless she was content mm. with a different kind of power. Mm. Yeah, true. Um, one thing I like to point out, too, when they're grabbing the kids, um, if you
4: remember, Hansel took stones out of his pocket, and now I forget. Was it Gretel? Or her? Gretel, Gretel
2: did the Gretel, fancy sling that's work. right.
4: Um, and she hit one of the black riders, uh, I like to call them. Uh, what I realized, though, is the white stones in the Grimm Fairy Book, Hansel actually, instead of breadcrumbs, he hears his parents deciding, um, it's actually quite different in the Grim story. There's an s- evil stepmother, because all stepmothers are evil, the dad, <laughs> they're really poor, and they decide to bring him to the forest and so leave him gonna there.
3: You're going to make a lot of stepmothers angry at you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but the, the, the stepmother convinces the dad to leave him in the forest because they don't have enough food for themselves, and the kids hear them talking about this overnight. So they prepare in the morning, and, the, and Hansel actually goes out and finds white stones that shine in the moonlight. Same white stones that like Gretel in Once Upon a Time threw at one of the, the riders. So um, they actually, Hansel drops the white stones in the Grim Fairy books along the path so he knows where they are because he figured if they come back in the dark, they could see him in the moonlight.
3: Hmm. I didn't see the stones. So I'll have to notice that next time I watch
4: it. Yeah, it's the white stones they throw. So I thought that was a nice That's little cool. connection for those who actually go and read all the Grim stories afterward. So the <laughs> witch
0: sends the kids to this house. Mm -hmm. and she tells them what she wants from the blind witch. And I think the language that she uses is interesting because we were talking about how did the blind witch get the apple and how does this all fit in with the curse that uh, the evil queen got from Maleficent, the sleeping curse, and how does this all tie in together? And I think a key to that is in what the evil queen actually said to the children.
3: She has something of mine. And I need you to get it back. What is it? Something I need to defeat a very wicked and powerful enemy.
0: She has something of mine. Right. Which makes it sound like the blind witch stole the apple. Mm-hmm. Don't how ask could? me
4: how a blind...
0: Yeah. You're going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. a blind how witch a blind stole from her.
3: person steal something? She
0: smelled it. How could a blind person make such wonderful looking desserts?
3: True. Magic. I
4: also thought like she claims to be blind, but... And she's in there for the, all that time. She's awfully skinny for someone who eats fat children and lives in a candy house. <laughs> well, children don't usually have that much fat. It's a low-fat diet. Oh, my gosh. And I think we
2: just don't want to think too much about that in any sense.
3: She's actually very, very pretty. In the very, like, those actual stories, like the versions that are in books and stuff, she's really ugly. Mm,
0: true. Even in King's Quest, she was ugly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Which is generally are thought of to be ugly
0: a little uh cool easter egg in the house i was looking for this and i found it some of the cookies on the wall are the fairest of them no oh my are are the same it's one particular design is the same design Mm -hmm. as the cookies that ava and um nicholas Nicholas in Storybrooke Mm -hmm. eat At Mary Margaret's house.
2: Yeah, that was very cool. Exact
0: same design. We'll have some pictures of that in the screen, in the uh, show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 10.
2: So, how annoying were these children, particularly Hansel, inside this house? (laughs) Oh, man. It was terrible. They go inside and, I mean, they didn't even make it inside. And he's (laughs) pulling off a finger scoop of icing off the outside of the house. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You had one instruction. Well, too, if you count getting the satchel. But, I mean, one instruction, whatever. And then they go in and they start whispering about what's in the satchel. I don't know. Let's just get it. I'm like, you guys had how many hours before nightfall that you were outside? (laughs) You couldn't have had this conversation outside. Seriously. I mean, I know, yeah, they were doing that to save on time and whatever else. But, oh, and then his whole eating the cupcake thing. I just, oh, that child. What in the heck?
3: You have to think how hungry they were, too.
2: Well, they didn't do a good enough job convincing me those children were hungry then.
3: <laughs> and they're kids. Kids love sweets.
2: Yeah,
4: but. Uh, I know. It didn't have a good scared? enough connection. It, it sort of flew through. He the didn't whole get house. a
3: good, good look at the witch. I don't think he got a good look at the witch until she actually woke up.
0: <laughs> there is some interesting symbolism in this. And I'm not going to say this was intentional symbolism of the authors, but it is just interesting Mm -hmm. to note a similarity in symbolism is here are a boy and a girl sent to a place where they're told don't eat anything and it takes one bite and then they're potential victims of a curse
4: and this time, and the, this, the apple or the fruit was not the bad thing. Yeah, and, and there's and
0: there's a fruit involved. And by the way, the Bible does not say it was an apple. People just like to peel it. Was it was a
4: chocolate <laughs> cupcake with blue frosting. <laughs> <So> <laughs> in the,
0: what I'm likening this to is it is somewhat symbolic of Adam and Eve, but I don't think that's intentional because... Yeah, or any kind the the of uh,
2: temptation allegory. This is based on a story that was written when these stories... Were often written with sort of uh, as sort of morality tales.
3: I just have two words, actually three: <laughs> gravy or butter. Gravy <laughs> or butter. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. was really impressed with like how she could do things around her house with being blind and stuff.
2: She has some sort of it was like a magical sixth, sixth sense. sense. Or- she would
4: have made an excellent wife. I'm what? sorry? <laughs> said the <this> single guy.
2: <laughs> I'm saying just never have she, has children. Cookie,
4: uh, she has food <laughs> always on the table, clean house. <coughs>
2: children? Huh? Children on the table? Did I say children? No, you said dinner yeah. or food. But but they're not. Um, that's not the kind of meal <laughs> I want my wife preparing. <laughs> I'm just
4: saying in, in a different world, she could have been better i want to read a little quote from the grim fairy tales uh, basically it says <laughs> once gretel was inside she intended to shut the the oven and let her bake in it which referring to mm. the witch um or well, the witch referring to gretel and it says and then she would eat her too but gretel saw that she had in mind and said i do not know how how i am to do this how do i get in Silly goose, said the old woman, the door is big enough. Just look, I can get in myself. So,
1: (laughs) I forgot about that.
4: Definitely grim humor. So the witch crept up and thrust her head into the oven. Then Gretel came, gave her a push that drove her far into it and shut the iron door and fastened the bolt. And then once she began to howl quite horribly, but Gretel ran away, and is my favorite part. And the godless witch was miserably burnt to death.
3: <laughs> oh, my. Wow.
4: I like the grim fairy tales. Oh, you, you know, hilarious.
3: This, this story of Hansel and Gretel didn't really, it wasn't really like the true version <laughs> because they didn't spend enough time in it to make it more like mm. the true version.
0: Well, yeah, all of these, they're either compressing to fit within an episode or they're changing in some way.
3: Apparently that book you gave him, not exactly the stories in the most traditional sense. The true version, Gretel does not pretend to be Hansel. And Hansel is put in a cage, and Gretel is sort of hired as like the helper to cook her brother and then be cooked herself. And Gretel has to feed her brother to fatten him up, and he sticks like this bone or a twig outside <laughs> his cage so that the witch can feel it. And she keeps saying, he's not fat enough. They spend quite a lot of time in that house.
0: So the evil queen can send fire through the magic mirror. Dan, you blogged about this over at onespodcast.com. Everyone can check it out and see a cool screenshot there or in the show notes for this episode, too. We've seen the queen be able to see through any mirror, Mm -hmm. but it's not just see. She can
4: bake witches and cookies. Yeah, Yeah. it was definitely a little bit of a shocker because it was bad enough when we realized um, that, you know, she can see through all mirrors. And do we know yet that she can see through mirrors in Storybrooke? No, but... Not
2: for sure. But people keep saying, what are you doing here? With sort of an air of, how mm -hmm. did you even know to come here?
0: Yeah, and she said she has eyes everywhere. Mm -hmm. That
2: is true. Which, I'm going to jump ahead real quick, makes
4: me think of the conversation that Emma and um mary margaret have at the end i'm thinking now the queen knows because she was able to she was able to actually like maybe watch that through the mirror so even though the page was burned Mm, but uh it was pretty shocking that she did throw the fire through the mirror so uh she definitely has more power than we thought of before
0: so the kids take this apple or they don't know what it is but it's the apple they take it to the queen and the kids are, understandably, they're like, we did all of that for an apple? We almost got eaten. <laughs> and it was for an apple? And the queen says, Oh, trust me, dear boy, this is not just an apple. It's a weapon. So the, we know who the apple is for. And we see that just a little bit later as the evil queen is looking through the mirror at Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And she's holding the apple, just kind of planning it and being mischievous, mischievous about it. mischievous.
3: I thought it was really funny <laughs> that one of you pointed out that her veins were popping out whenever oh, she was yeah. talking all nice and and lovingly <laughs> and to the kids. About I pointed staying. out the
4: veins were big and Jeremy's like, it's really hard for her to be good during this time.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what,
0: here's now what I'm wondering about. As we see this, she looks through the mirror and in fact, uh, regarding what she as she sees <laughs> snow white with the seven dwarves now she's cavorting with the dwarves
3: when did that happen <laughs> by the way these men did not look like dwarves <laughs> they didn't at all they were same size as her
4: i think they were a little bit shorter jenny bit. they're all make-believe <laughs> this is all fiction
3: i know Oh, and by the way, I didn't actually mean true version. i meant original version. (laughs) Yeah, that
4: was talked about in the the chat room. Does Jenny know they're fake? This is what confused me, because in earlier episodes, we know that Maleficent is the one that um, the evil queen got the sleeping potion from. And now the apple is something that she got from the blind witch. But I always thought the apple is what makes Snow White go Mm. to sleep.
2: I got the impression that she was getting the apple back so maybe she used if it was a potion and not a curse maybe she only had enough for one apple and she used it and that's why she needed that apple because i was kind of like why don't you just do it to another apple yeah what's the big deal but yeah but then she also talks about how this apple is for you know she has a very
4: specific purpose and she's like this is not just any apple well then like the sleeping potion is what she got mad at maleficent saying that it didn't work. She didn't say the apple didn't work. She said the sleeping potion didn't work.
2: Mm-hmm. Put so, on a poison apple because
0: it
4: took just a kiss to break it. Right. So I'm wondering now, what is this? Is it the sleeping potion that didn't work, or is it the apple that didn't work, or did she have to combine them? Uh, which, where did she really, really get this uh, the sleeping potion or the whole effect that she did on Snow White? Where did she get it from, the Blind Witch or Maleficent? Well,
0: in the in the Disney cartoon which we just watched today.
4: Now you're the, experts.
0: The, yeah. <laughs> the evil queen had the recipe for the spell and she cast it on an apple. She made the spell and all of these spells combined. And in her spell book, it did say that it could be broken with true love's first kiss.
3: But she laughed at that. She thought there was no chance.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's that's how then the Disney version is. So it's that she's casting this curse on an apple. I'm thinking it's probably going to be similar here, because when she was talking, when the Evil Queen was talking to Maleficent, she didn't say anything about an apple. She just kept referring to a curse, the sleeping curse. And so I think that's what she got from Maleficent, is the sleeping curse that maybe she put on the apple, lost the apple
2: to the blind witch... And then she has to get it back. Isn't that what I just said? Like (laughs) Jeremy said. (laughs) I see. On the clip you played a minute ago about the cavorting with dwarves, do you think that was a nod to the things they're hearing from the fans now? Saying, well, when was Snow White with the dwarves and trying to put together the timeline? I don't think it's in response to the fans, but it's just part of the storyline. Yeah. Well, it was the oh, way she oh, said the, it. the actual the, line. I know they did that sometimes in Lost. They'd hear things that the fans were talking about, and they'd have the characters say things that were mm. sort of just like a gift. <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> yeah, we hear you. We know what you're thinking. Mm. Be. I'm now thinking, based on
0: this episode, I'm thinking that this is before Snow White meets James.
4: Which someone should sure. point out, to yeah. in the chat notes. What I had thought about before... Um, that uh, in Snow Falls, the episode Snow Falls, um, Snow White tells James that uh, the evil queen tried to poison her with an apple. Yeah. So, it definitely all came from the apple.
2: And the dwarves did, were past tense. Did she say something about an apple? Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I thought so, we had this, and someone just agreed with me in the chat room, or said it. Because... So, I, I'm right now, because what? someone said it.
0: Here's the problem, <laughs> though, with that, is what put her to sleep that a kiss broke the spell. Oh. See, I don't think she mentioned an apple. She did say oh, the right. queen sent a, someone after her, a huntsman after her, to try to kill her. But oh. he took pity on her or had compassion. I have to and rewatch episodes that, now. I, don't I know think where she that conversation. Is. Apple. We'll and, go
2: look at that yeah. conversation. Yeah.
3: While we're talking about dwarfs, I'm going to read something from the chat room that somebody posted. It's really clever. It's gnome eighty six. Said in the original version of Snow White, the dwarves are actually thieves and not all cheerful singing dwarfs that <laughs> Walt paint played up. Really, which makes sense as to why Snow White turned to stealing.
4: Is that why Disney mm. stole and took Marvel away from us? I
3: wonder version that is. I've never Sorry. heard of that. Wow. version. I, of that.
4: I, I'm going to mention <laughs> Marvel
0: later. Actually. Oh,
2: that's right. I have yes. a lot
0: of stuff to say about that. I'll okay. leave that. To so
2: you. Um, you need to jump back a moment.
0: Uh, yeah, as we're continuing on with Fairy Tale Land the queen offers as a reward to the kids
2: live with me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, thanks.
2: (laughs) Wow. Just
0: what I always wanted to live with my own
2: personal evil queen. Man, (laughs) she laid it on thick.
3: Yeah, she did (laughs)
2: with those veins popping. (laughs) One thing I, I love, I thought
4: about this. I didn't tell you guys this yet, but do you remember the quote that evil, evil queen says to Gretel, um, after they had stolen the apple, she says, uh, Um, A strong heart you have. She Mm -hmm. said that to Gretel. So I'm thinking maybe the queen only uh, collects strong hearts. She wanted them to live with her because she wanted Gretel's heart. Was that not
2: slightly heart-stopping? She kind of like puts her (laughs) hand toward her chest. She's like, like, (laughs) you have a strong heart.
3: (laughs) Don't touch!
2: (laughs) Or maybe, who knows, maybe the evil blind... Which
4: was just taking the hearts and putting them aside, not eating those Gross. and giving that to the queen and mailing it off FedEx. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Doubtful. But I'm <laughs> really think thinking terms.
4: that she's, she like desired her strong heart. And it's the idea of like she's looking for those who have the strongest heart and she's using that to make herself powerful, mm-hmm. especially for someone who's heartless.
2: Greta was very brave throughout this episode. The last thing,
0: or two last things that I have to mention about Fairy Tale Land and then anything else you guys have to? uh we see then that the kids are set on this journey to find their father and regina even said to their father
3: you can all be together as a family as soon as
0: you all find one another so they then have to try and find each other they're separated in fairy tale land but they get together in storybrook mm-hmm in that shot where you see the kids show up in the middle of the woods and then the camera pans out and you see lots of woods obi's girl sent this feedback in to point out she said look closely her boyfriend saw this and then she saw it too in the screenshot is if you look really closely it looks like there is a village off in the distance of the shot and that it's not just all woods but Yes, you can see some spot where there is a, uh, like the sunlight or moonlight is shining on the trees. But just below that, in the right hand side of the scene, it looks like there is a village there that maybe, here is a thought, Obi's girl stuck in, is maybe the kids were actually then sent to storybrook mm. and they were the mm. first people
2: to go to storybrook hmm. no, i don't think so sorry <laughs> I, I don't think so either but they knew it's who they really were a good theory when they woke up yeah
4: it's interesting about that um i mean here we actually have a father who wanted uh, he he didn't want to leave his kids when we what i think anyways the evil queen actually stole him to get to the kids Um, especially seeing that she was trying to get children. She had sent many before to the blind witch, so she was looking for children to send.
3: Hence the pile of bones.
4: Yes. (laughs) Um, The neat thing is in uh, this Once Upon a Time version of Hansel and Gretel, the father is actually looked upon as someone who uh, looked after his kids, loved his kids, but then the grim fairy tale, the father abandoned them. And I liked at the end how... I mean, the stones was a neat little connection they they picked up from Grimm, but in the end, when they're left in the woods, that's how they're left in the Grimm fairy tales. Mm. Um, Mm. This time, the queen left them in the woods, even though she did make a promise that they'll be together, which is interesting that it came, came true, but she left them into the woods, and in the Grimm fairy tales, the father and the stepmother leaves them in the woods.
2: Yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and disagree with her planning to get them
4: <laughs> how else does she get little kids
2: to go to a candy house i guess it's pretty easy but she still had to find the little kids <laughs> well it was sort of like what are you doing in my forest and the same thing could have been when they found the kid's father and it was they were running and she chased them but she said your bravery has saved your lives and your family's lives so it was sort of almost sort of like Let's get rid of these people. What are they even doing here? And then she saw the bravery and thought, hey, I've got a job for you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, Jeremy.
4: Whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm right. Um,
2: (laughs) But I want to go back to when she was talking to their father in the castle, how genuinely she was asking, why did they refuse me? What makes their bond to you? And, And the amazing thing is that she can't understand this. I mean, it's their father and she just, she doesn't even comprehend that kind of love. She can't figure out why they would refuse this evil woman before them who stole them and made them do these things, who just admitted that she sent other children into the witch's house, by the way. And that answer of family just seems to weigh on her and then she does what she always does and goes all evil on him. (laughs) (laughs) And she just, she looked
4: like... I want to cry right now, but I can't because I'm the evil queen. I don't know. She just looked like she was touched and then really mad, like hurt Mm -hmm. and frustrated about it. So I'm thinking that she didn't, maybe not, she didn't lose maybe a husband or something like that, but she lost a sister or something happened to someone in her family because it definitely looked Mm. like she reflected during that time. So the one that she lost that Snow White took from her might've been
2: a family member. You only know what happened to her father. (laughs) 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 Yep.
3: I can't wait to see what, what Snow White took from the it Evil Queen. better be good, because... I think we'll is find out
4: soon. Building suspense. Better not be another apple. <laughs> <We> love. Love.
3: <laughs> I loved that apple. It he was great.
0: <laughs> In Storybrook, we see Henry reading a comic. Now, there is a lot of gold... Right in the first couple seconds of the scene, because uh, Henry is reading this one comic that is um, uh, Wolverine Wolverine versus the Hulk. That comic right there, first of all, it's by Marvel, and you see a bunch of comics in the background. They're all by Marvel. Disney owns Marvel Comics. So that's how they could get the permission to use that. Hmm. The comic that he is reading is from about 2005-2006. Oh, and it is uh okay, I'm going to mention this now because I'm on topic. It's written by Damon Lindelof from Lost. He wrote L- this series of comic books mm-hmm. called Wolverine versus or yeah, Wolverine versus Hulk. Interesting. And uh so that is there, but then also you see this rack of comic books in the background and Henry loves comic books. And the comic books in the background are Fantastic Four and Kazar the Savage. Those comic books are on the rack in a gas station as if they're being sold new or fairly new. Mm-hmm. The two Fantastic Four episode um, issues were issues two sixty six and two sixty eight, which were released in nineteen eighty four. Uh, <laughs> the the Kazar, the savage comic book was released in 1980 or it's uh 19 it, it was a few years earlier a lot of years earlier i'll have the definite number in the show notes i don't have that right in front of me but Um, and you'll see this i'll link to this in the show notes the information about when these issues were released and the full covers so you can see them
4: so you're saying they've been stuck
0: in time since then that is a prominent theory is that storybook is stuck in time
2: before Mm -hmm. uh, from we can't quite pin down Mm -hmm. when it is yeah there there are some relatively obvious problems with that yeah, they have computers. They have access to the internet. They have modern cars. They don't dress like it's the seventies. We yet, wouldn't
4: watch it if they did.
3: <laughs> but oh. they're stuck in time. But I mean, there's maybe yeah. they could have. Maybe they could have done all that stuff. But it's just style has kind of been the only thing that grows.
4: I might be looking into this or digging too deep, or thinking too hard. But um, Emma had a job before she came here. She mm. was a bounty hunter. Well, I don't know if that's right. Bail but bonds not a bail bonds. Person. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so she was bail bonds person, but when she goes to Storybrooke, I mean, she hasn't called her former employee saying, um, hey, I'm wondering if she's stuck
2: in time right now or so. I don't think that bail bonds persons have employers.
4: Well, she still had a job to do. And but they're I
2: independent, I believe. I could be wrong. But I don't know if she actually went through with her last job completely.
4: Oh. Because she came home, she found him, she came home and... She met. She made the wish and met Henry. Well, she so must have taken him I was just wondering maybe she's actually doesn't even realize it, but her time. She's actually hasn't gone out and talked to people in the real world yet. Uh, every time she has, something happened. Cinderella, I uh, was having the baby. She stopped right at the the line where it says well, um, you're now leaving Storybrooke. So mm-hmm. well, I'm true. wondering if she's stuck in time too, even could though be. time's moving.
0: Hmm. Yeah, could be because we do see a lot of interesting things, interesting prices too. Like the garage where the kid's father worked, there was a sign out front that said cigars, 95 cents. And that's low.
4: You're (laughs) like, I want to know where that town is. (laughs) Uh, No,
0: no thanks. But so that stuck in time theory, interesting. But here Hmm. are two things that conflict that is, yes, old comic books uh, in a gas station as if they're new or current Fairly current editions could have been reprints, but the, yeah been sold <laughs> at a gas station, but then again, Henry is reading a comic book that was released in two thousand and six. Now, maybe that one is the exception to this that they put it in there just because of the Damon Lindelof connection with lost
1: <laughs>
0: but interesting thing that we spent several minutes on <laughs> in the in storybook then. Um, the kids are named Ava and Nicholas, mm-hmm. and their mother is Dory Zimmer, and their father is Michael, and uh, Michael Tillman. Did you catch that? His last name is Tillman. What does that mean? Tillman sounds like someone who works with the ground, works with the land. Okay. And in fairy tale land, he chops down trees. It's we we see that people's names in Storybrooke are connected to their fairy tale land characters. Sure. And that's a connection there that okay. I made with that. Don't you
3: think his name like if it were directly connected with chopping trees, you know, don't, don't you think like his last name would be like Woodcutter or something like that?
4: <laughs> Maybe not so obvious. Woodchuck. Michael <laughs> Axe I knew some of the last name of just wood and that works. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true
0: their mother the kid's mother dory zimmer it was said that she died a few years ago no one seems to know her or remember her Mm -hmm. again giving that indication that nothing has changed in storybook for a long time and going back to that
2: phrase that we hear a lot as long as anyone can remember yep so uh in the shop i felt really bad for henry First off, he seemed like he was happy to have made a couple of friends and then th- that didn't last long. He realized they were just using him. Then there was Regina. My son doesn't eat candy. <laughs> Glad you know your son. <laughs> what about the Apollo bars he always has? I think he does eat candy. Oh, yeah, that's and true.
4: Did you, you notice- think that mom would never give a candy apple to her son? <laughs>
3: <laughs> a candy Good apple. point. Did you notice the way that henry looked at nicholas was it
0: yeah nicholas or... yeah
3: when he met ava he didn't look at her funny but when he met nicholas he looked at him funny I, I do you think... think he knew that nicholas put stuff in his bag
4: no um maybe thought, like, oh ava oh nicholas is probably ava's, ava's boyfriend oh gosh <laughs> and Wait, ava's.
0: Was, oh no he, you're his brother
4: okay that's <laughs> that's what i read
0: on his face from that because the way he looks at Ava is like, Well,
4: it's good to have Jenny here. <laughs> Girl's perspective, guy's perspective.
2: <laughs> I think I'm going to make a list of the funny words Regina uses, too. It's almost like she's trying... I've started getting this notion in my head, listening to her speak in Storybrooke. It's like she she still is her. She still is the evil queen, and she's trying to speak like someone in our world. But sometimes she uses words that they're proper, but we don't normally use like uh, i can't think of any other examples off the top of my head but in this case she's like take care of these miscreants
3: yeah (laughs) i thought that was an odd word for her to use too or she
2: said things like fear not
0: (laughs) although she had some mean words to say to emma when emma showed up there at the convenience store (laughs) in front of henry
3: miss swan must i remind you that genetics mean nothing you're not his mother and it's all taken care of
0: Ouch. <laughs> yeah.
3: Genetics mean nothing.
2: <laughs> so then moving on from there. <laughs> She's like some kind of evil witch or something. I mean, queen. Ah, whatever. I know. I always call her, call her the evil witch. <laughs> she is.
0: Emma takes it on herself to try and get these kids back to her, their father. And Regina even says, uh, you shouldn't make promises you can't keep. Because Regina is still under this impression, I think that she has all power in the city,
4: which Mm -hmm. I thought was really funny. Seeing she she made the promise that they could see their father, and then she doesn't give it. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that. Like she says, "Don't make prom." uh, Perhaps you shouldn't stop making promises you can't keep. And she's made many promises so far that she doesn't keep. But they end up coming true in Storybrooke. versus well, is the first one.
0: Her promise was, "You can be together as soon as you find each other,"
1: yeah, which will never that, happen. She <laughs> that's true. what i <laughs>
4: <So laughs> Before that, she does say, "Like you know, you can have your father if you want, if that's what you want." And then she adds to it later or something.
0: <laughs> well, I I think it was kind of like a loophole that yeah, as long as you find each other, you can be together. And then in Storybrooke, she's trying to
2: prevent them from finding each other.
3: Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's so Regina. I don't think she's really
2: all that concerned with integrity.
0: <laughs> she's
3: evil. She's You're the think? evil queen.
0: When Emma tells Henry that she's going to try and get, or that she has to take Ava and Thomas, or
3: Nicholas.
0: Nicholas, I keep wanting to say Thomas, that she has to take them to Boston. Oh. Then Henry points out that no one leaves Storybrooke.
1: There's no one leaves Storybrook. No one
3: comes here. No one goes. It's just the way it is. I came here because you're special. You're the first stranger here, ever. Isn't that like reversed? Usually, it's the mom telling the kid that
1: he's special, <laughs> and now it's the kid
3: telling the mom you're special. That's and awesome. and do you remember when Little Red said that she's going to Boston? What's with Boston? What's in Boston? It's probably the
0: nearest the big Sox. city.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Well, actually, that's the thing. Someone uh, emailed in saying it's not the nearest big city. What oh. is this obsession with Boston? Because everyone is talking about Boston. And uh, I can't remember who it is now. I'll, I'll try and find it. But Where did
3: Emma live right before? Boston.
0: Boston. Yeah, okay. that's where she came from. That's so. when Henry found her. But um, someone points out to them that uh, someone pointed out an email Why not take her, the kids, to all of these other cities, big cities nearby? Why is it Boston?
2: Apparently, that's what the state arranged, or at least that's what Regina said. She contacted the state for somewhere to place the children, and that's what they gave her. Yeah. But... My bigger question is, why would Regina try to send them out of the town? Does she not understand how the curse works?
3: Maybe she wants something to happen to them huh. so that they won't yeah. be able to be reunited. Ouch. But, we still don't really yeah. know
2: what
4: happens. Like, And we know bad things happen, but, I mean, the worst thing we've found so far is Cinderella went into labor. I mean, that's not We're, that well, <laughs> she had she, her child.
3: Her Didn't she, like, her car went in the ditch, Yeah, Yeah, right? she,
4: she crashed. Yeah, but she was still sort of fine after. Yeah. I mean, for something that's that serious, like you know, she can't, don't let them leave. No one is yeah. supposed to leave. It just seems like... He always says that in her engine stalled. Which, I think she was just dropping a manual and she just made yeah, it stall. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Rabbit trails.
0: But um, moving on from uh, wherever we were. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we were... Did you,
0: did you notice the necklace Emma was wearing? We might have seen it in previous episodes, but it has a little swan on it. Really? Yeah, she's wearing two necklaces. The one necklace with a ring that's higher up on her neck. And then a little lower on her neck is another necklace, which is more like a medallion, and it has a a swan on it. You guys are so
3: into details. Like I I noticed she had two necklaces on, but I didn't notice the (laughs) swan. and I noticed the ring, but I didn't really think much of it.
0: Did you see uh, Mr. (laughs) Krasnkovsky was in Hall of Records? Uh Uh-huh. I'm thinking he's probably uh, maybe one of the
4: dwarves. Hmm. Speaking of the dwarves. Being... Just sleepy. We forgot him in the Sneezy. very beginning. Sneezy. Yeah. That's right. Sleepy He's works a pharmacist, dude. Else. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs>
1: Sneezy.
4: In the pharmacy. Yep. What are you doing? <laughs> He taking all that cold miserable. medicine, yeah. I, so he just lives that way forever. It's Poor guy. And
3: did, did you hear all the congestion? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: made me feel sick. Like- I wonder how he prepared for that. If
2: he like stuffed things up his nose before he
3: started uh, talking,
2: he snuffed pepper. He went to all his friends who were sick and said, "Here, drink out of my glass and uh, do things that will get me uh, sick." Oh.
3: Can't he- <laughs> gosh they would have to pay me a lot of money to stay sick just for a tv show
0: i don't think there's any doubt that he's sneezy but just in case there is look at the credits and it lists mr clark slash sneezy and dopey because we see him in the mirror it does list dopey and it lists doc and several of the other seven dwarves that we saw in the mirror but it doesn't list their storybook names along with it
3: Hmm. i want to know who this this russian guy is at the Hmm. information like the record stuff (laughs) chris
0: Kruskowski, or however she tried to pronounce it. I We're don't just know. Trying to figure him out. Mr. K.
3: Mr. K. I thought that was maybe significant, Mr. K. Or I thought maybe it was significant that he got her to fill out three forms. Like, maybe that's significant for his character, or maybe that's just what happens when you want to see a record. I don't know.
2: There was a good theory in some feedback we got and said that maybe Mr. K is the genie. from the lamp that we keep seeing.
3: Oh, that's going on in the chat room right now. Oh (laughs) my goodness.
0: That is a great idea. That is great. Hmm. That could very easily be because we even see Mr. Gold polishing
2: the lamp in his shop Mm -hmm. in this episode.
3: I made a note of that.
2: That was Heather, by the way, who sent that in among many other things that hopefully we'll get to share later. Thank you, Heather. Heather. What did you think? Or what are we thinking now about
0: Henry's father? Because Emma told a lie, and if she if she lied about Henry's father being a hero, then we can't really take anything she said about his father as being true.
3: Well, she did tell Mary Margaret that he definitely wasn't a hero, so it's yeah. going make he, you think that he's the opposite of a hero.
4: Could have started the fire that she said that he <laughs> saved people from. <laughs> so
0: she says he was no hero and alluded to the fact that she doesn't want Henry to know the story about yeah, his father.
2: I was disappointed in her.
0: Interesting timeline thing that came up in this is that she said, um, that she was pregnant when she went into prison. Hmm. Right. So I know before I said something about that June seventh or June date or June 16, 1996 as being a day that she committed some crime that doesn't necessarily mean that's when she went to prison. True. Because I, that newspaper article just said uh, on June 16, 1996. I
4: think she and the guy that she was with performed a crime together. He got away or something happened to him and she got caught for it. And, so by her telling Henry her true, the, the truth about his father, she would be mm-hmm. putting herself down more. And
2: she doesn't want that because she's trying to make
4: Henry feel like she's the hero.
2: I wonder if whatever happened has anything to do with her choice of profession.
1: Ooh, hmm. could be.
0: And I really think Henry's father was a married man.
1: Uh, because of
0: previous... Well, because when she said to Mary Margaret uh, several episodes ago, she said, don't get involved with a married man. Trust me.
4: Yeah. Mm, As if she had true. some kind of experience.
3: Good point. Ah, wow,
4: I so forgot about that.
0: We learned some interesting things then or some interesting things that we didn't learn, whatever. We know some things that Henry's father is not. That's my
4: point. Right. He's not a hero. So deductive reasoning, yeah. he's a villain. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. Maybe this is completely far stretched. Um, maybe the guy that uh, Emma Emma's with was actually from fairytale world. He left Storybrooke. Something happened to him and he went bad because, you know, people aren't supposed to leave and, I don't know. I'm wondering if he actually has more power. It just seems a little bit blah if they actually bring Henry's dad back and just be like, yeah, he's just this huh. human from Boston who was just got in jail or had a juvie record. Mm-hmm. Um, if he actually has power, he's, he actually ha- is an evil villain from fairy Tale world it would be a much, inter- much more interesting story for Emma and you know, the, hmm. the two of them to go head to head. Yeah. I like how Emma referred
0: to her superpowers. Of, uh, <laughs> Being able to tell when someone's mm-hmm. lying. When Emma went into Mr. Gold's shop to try and find out the origin of that compass so she could find Michael Tillman, the kid's father, Mr. Gold hmm. played her.
1: What's your price? Forgiveness.
2: How about tolerance? Well, that's his thought.
0: So he actually wants forgiveness.
2: Yes. At- It was interesting I think
3: he's he's pro-Emma. I think he's (laughs) anti-Regina.
2: At least for his own. I can't decide whether he somehow got a good purpose or if it's like, is he being selfless in some way or is he still working his own agenda? He does talk about them having common enemies, not mm
4: -hmm. so much being partners.
0: Right. Now, the card, though, that he pulled out was blank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here's something I got from that. I want to see what you guys think. When Emma went into the shop, he said something about how he there's no way he could remember it or that <laughs> it was purchased so long ago. Now, uh-huh. keep in mind, Storybrooke is locked in time. But he refers to it was purchased so long ago. He knows the name of the person who owns it, but he doesn't actually have a record of the purchase. I'm wondering, I'm thinking that this goes back to He is aware of, at least maybe part of the curse, that they're frozen in time, Mm -hmm. but he's not letting on to that.
2: No, I agree completely.
0: So he already knew that Michael Tillman was the guy who owned the compass.
2: If he didn't even know that he had kids, if the compass came from to them through their mother... And nobody remembers their mother because presumably she was dead already when the curse was enacted. That means that in their false memories, yeah, the compass would have come from Mr. Gold's shop, but it actually was never there. Mm -hmm. And exactly what you said, he's hiding, he's working pretty hard to hide the fact that he knows, but he's still trying to help people. He knew exactly who to connect her to as soon as he saw the compass.
4: I want to say something too that I don't know. If it's, it's jumping a little bit ahead, but we already know what happened. So, <laughs> Mary, um, when she sees the blanket at the end, remember how she sort of seems to recollect her past. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids see the compass point to their father. We have um, David. Which, by the way, broken compass started broken, working. Yes, point to the father when um, he came with the, with the uh, the truck. We have David in the shop seeing the glass unicorns hanging, which are the ones that he had hanging in front um, on top of the crib for uh, Emma being born, uh, for when she would be born. And then we have a lot of things basically from um, fairy tale world that have been brought into storybrook, and those things have a lot of magic left into them. Like it's not just you know, oh, this this reminds me of fairy tale world. It's this actually has some magic to it, especially with the compass. And, um, yeah, mm. I think we're gonna see I don't think they're gonna go back into fairy tale world for a while. I think Storybrook will become their fairy tale world until mm. they finally wrap up the season or or whenever but um, mm. yeah, there's a lot of a lot of magic that we just overlook.
0: I do think it's interesting that Mary Margaret learned that Henry believes that Emma is her daughter.
3: That was a very interesting conversation. I have a kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, uh, you think I'd remember that.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> and apparently Mary Margaret didn't remember Emma saying that she wasn't in the book. Mm. Which when I remembered that, I started wondering if this is going to end up being something a bit dangerous for Emma. Oh, or yeah. or for anybody, because Regina isn't supposed to know who Emma is for obvious reasons. So Henry tore the pages out of the book. Emma goes to the trouble of burning the pages. She doesn't tell anyone who Henry thinks she is, but now she did, which is great on the one hand, but if it somehow slips somewhere, then Regina will know who Emma Mm -hmm. is.
3: Are you saying that Emma's pages are the only pages that are burned?
4: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes.
3: Okay. I thought so. Yeah, I was going to say that, but she's, she is not actually lying because she's no longer in the book. Oh, that's true.
4: (laughs) And in that book, um, you know, we find out that they put her in the wardrobe and that's how Emma got safely here. Um, Someone, Dachshund from the chat room had a really interesting point. You you know that uh, Rumpelstiltskin knew how to break the curse and he told them how to save their daughter. Yep. We don't know where Rumpelstiltskin's son is. So Dachshund um, basically said, what if Rump saved his son by sending him to the real world? And then that's who the man is. The idea like that man on the motorcycle. The stranger. Motorcycle. Mm-hmm. The stranger. Yeah. And that if Rumplestiltskin knew how to save the king and queen's son, a mm-hmm. uh, daughter actually, then wouldn't he have used that same thing to save his own son?
3: Because mm, he doesn't say his name. To Emma when she asks.
4: Oh, yeah. He doesn't give up his own son's name. or
3: No, the the stranger doesn't tell her his name.
4: Yeah. Oh, just like Rumpelstiltskin and the original Rumpelstiltskin that we know. He won't say his name and you have to guess it type of thing.
2: I like that theory, but but there is potentially a problem because we already, unless we're really wrong, when we saw the whole thing with Rumpelstiltskin becoming the dark one and his son was there, we... And I forget the whole discussion but we figured that that was probably quite a long time before the curse. Yeah. So his son would be an older man, like a middle-aged man at least, if he's still alive by the time the curse is enacted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to focus on that
0: stranger. Mhm. So Dan, do you think it is Rumpelstiltskin's son? No, I the do. That you're it's going better
4: with? than the first one I said when I thought he was Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here's here's my thought. This is this is a strain of thoughts on it. This is the second time we've seen Emma bring about a happy ending that Regina blocked. The mm-hmm. first one was Thomas or uh, Sean and Ashley getting back together and having the baby, and saving the baby from Rumplestiltskin. And then this is the second one, Ava and Thomas being, Ava and Nicholas being <laughs> together with their dad. So that's two happy endings that she's brought.
2: As he came over and met them through the car window. When Awkward. <laughs> uh,
0: when Emma gets close to bringing a happy ending to someone, it seems like Regina sends something to try and prevent it. Like Mary Margaret and David getting together, that's mm-hmm. when Regina finally finds Catherine, brings her in, prevents Mm. a happy ending so far. I'm thinking this motorcycle rider, the stranger, is a distraction from Regina that she's somehow summoned. I think he is actually the big bad wolf. (laughs) And here's my theory of what's going to happen. Hmm. He is going to become a romantic distraction to Emma, at some point, he's going to try and kill her, because what did the wolf do? The wolf came as in disguise to something familiar, something that was loved—black
4: leather sheep's clothing—and
0: <laughs> tried to kill Little Red Riding Hood.
4: And this, what do you think, Little? We haven't heard anything about Little Red. What, you, what if Little Red actually starts liking this guy? I mean, Robin. think of Little Red's personality Robin. in this. What Ruby? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm whispering Ruby. Ruby every time oh, I'm, a little red. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna quit. You are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if Ruby actually falls for this guy because she has that sort of like bad girl personality and he does too? Mm-hmm. I still think he's He has a bad chin.
2: girl personality. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh. <By> the
4: way, <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: His suitcase on his motorcycle mm-hmm. did you notice how old fashioned it looked? No, no, yeah, it was like a big uh, or a square.
2: Kind of it was knit, almost like a trunk. Um, yeah, I was too busy admiring, admiring looking, the motorcycle but... <laughs> <laughs> and noticing the twenty three on the license plate. Yes, yeah. the twenty three. He could it also
3: be working for Gina and be her one of her guards, one of the dark guards.
0: It's mm, possible. I, I think he's gonna have a more prominent
2: role. I have a theory, yes, but not really a theory. It actually agrees with part of what we just heard from the chat room. Not long before the end, we saw. Emma looking at news clippings, and we should look at more of those. But the one that stood out was seven-year-old boy finds girl on side of the road. Well, apparently she was in the middle of no year. How did a seven-year-old boy find a baby on the side of the road unless he came out there from the fairy tale world, too? I mean, there are other explanations, but I'm just wondering if there was one way of protecting someone and they protected Emma by putting her in the wardrobe. There could have been other ways of protecting people from the curse. And if a seven-year-old boy were put in something and protected, he would be from fairy tale, but also be outside of Storybrooke, just like Emma was. And if he, this guy's about the right age to be about seven years older than Emma. So it could be, I mean, the timing was so close. She looked at the headline and not very much longer. He appeared. It could be that he's the one who found her, whoever he is.
0: Should be yeah I don't
2: know by the way, we've mentioned the chat room several times,
0: and we normally do this live every Thursday night uh, meet us around nine thirty p m eastern time over at noodle.mx slash live we might be changing that schedule to Wednesday evenings, so just check the website over at noodle.mx slash live and uh, you might be able to catch the show or you'll see the new schedule posted there and we'll certainly update the website with that. One other thing I wanted to mention in this is the guy, the stranger, says, when Henry asks him, you're staying? He says, that's
2: the plan. Well, yeah, he was like, is this story broke? It's where he meant to end up.
0: And he's intentionally being mysterious and vague, which I think is something that's going to be attractive to Emma.
4: If he's going (laughs) to cause bad things to happen and he sees the sheriff, taking her son on a little field trip in the police car and just sitting out casually he's probably thinking this is a great place to cause mischief in because the (laughs) law is like really weak that's what i thought i mean sheriff's
0: not even in uniform
4: i know not in uniform (laughs) where's the badge on you know her belt and there's her son they're just chit-chatting away leaning on the police car (laughs) yeah having pumpkin pie uh which By the way, was there anything good on the screenshots of Emma looking through her past records? It it was just the headline, which Jeremy mentioned,
0: and just that reworded. Nothing really beyond what Jeremy Mm. mentioned, but we will have a
2: screenshot of it in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 10. And hey, if I'm correct that he was seven and he was protected from the curse, he probably knows something about who they are, but he's been living outside Storybrooke this entire time, which could make for an interesting person. Yeah, it could be that Regina has
0: a person whom she's given the power to come and go, like you're saying.
2: Oh, you think she did it? Oh, that's not what you're saying. No, I mean, somebody else could have protected their child the same way Emma was protected. Oh, okay. But whether he's good or bad...
4: That's why I think he's Rumpelstiltson's son. But out of the four of us, who thinks... Emma's gonna
2: fall for him, and who thinks Ruby is going to fall for him? I think
3: I do not know. I think yes,
2: Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that he has to be anybody's romantic interest. So you
4: think none? I think Ruby. I don't know. Especially as you said, maybe either, either he's Rumplestiltskin or the Big Bad Wolf. Well,
0: here's the thing, Ruby, we we have no reason to think that Ruby would fall for the character that plays. the big bad wolf because the fairy tale is that ruby ran away from the big bad wolf the big bad wolf was after her was he called the
2: big bad wolf yeah i thought that was the three little pigs
0: uh well maybe it's like prince charming i just had had an urge to
2: sing who's afraid of the big bad wolf (laughs) (laughs) okay that's bonus content for the podcast no (laughs) yes the recording of my singing that
0: well, let's start wrapping this up. Uh, Lost references. We already mentioned the Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk magazine by Damon Lindelof. The stranger's license plate is 23. Mm-hmm. And then the one other thing I thought was interesting, carryover, is the kids showing up in the middle of the forest lying flat on the ground. Hmm. That's kind of like similar, the plane similar to yeah, the, plane the plane crash. crash, crash. There we
2: go.
0: <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That was it. And other things. Anything
4: else that you guys wanted to mention in this or theorize? I'm going Mm -hmm. to read more grim fairy tales so I can (laughs) guess what's going on in the next episodes. Mm
2: -hmm. There is one thing. When we first heard mention of the blind witch, we thought, oh, this is going to be that one with her eyes stitched shut that we saw at the gathering of those with the darkest hearts. Oh, that's right. And then it turned out to not be her at all. And then we saw her die, presumably, and we thought, well, definitely not her. However, and I think this was again brought up in um, on Entertainment Weekly site. Could she have somehow survived? And could that, you know, in account her for her?
4: Eyes got melted, and she had to sew them shut. <laughs> I don't know because that's like
2: <laughs> well, maybe
4: <laughs> that's like maybe a year apart. She had a very long nose.
0: To the yeah, I don't the, think it's so, the same.
2: How do you where do you get a year? Uh it because could be longer just snow white probably not much longer a, yeah You're right. like a year to two years no i mean well, being I in a say, furnace like that could do things to your appearance but probably different you things think?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know i mean that means we probably will see her in storybrook i did say i thought oh. i saw the big um ogre type guy uh in blue overalls during the mayor's you know trying to reelect uh or appoint the next sheriff so oh, right. She might be in Storybrooke if that's the case, and I don't think we've seen her in any in any uh, scene. Mm. Let me quickly go through, kind of
0: skim over some feedback. David sent in also agreeing with the theory that maybe the stranger is Rumpelstiltskin's son. Uh, and, well, that was one theory, and then he said maybe now it's the seven-year-old boy who found Emma. And... Uh, Several people said, I really like this episode. It was really cool. And um, Jada 30 mentioned the Emma quilt scene. And he thinks that, like you were saying, uh, Dan or Jeremy, about the unicorns, that the blanket is something that's kind of seems familiar to
4: Mary Margaret. Maybe a stitch with gold thread. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A
0: couple (laughs) people have sent in some feedback about Henry's dad uh, maybe being the new guy, maybe not. Uh, A couple other people, Sharon, sent in some feedback thinking maybe the motorcycle rider was Big Bad Wolf. Amanda said that she thought Emma wouldn't make it out of Storybrooke because bad things happen. But Oh, by the way, we never did cover that. Emma willfully did something to the car that made it stall. Because when Michael gets there with the tow truck, he sees the kids in the back. He's like, mm-hmm. there's them. And he says, the car, it's fine.
4: And Emma just moves right That's on. That's true. I was yeah. wondering
2: about that. And she said, I just wanted you to see them. Mm-hmm. Huh? So you think she wasn't trying to leave? She just... Right. Maybe she got this idea. And she along stopped,
4: the road. though, you saw right in the background, now leaving Storybrooke. Yeah. So she stopped right before that because she believes in Henry's curse thing that bad things happen. So she stopped right before the Or maybe the she perimeter. was
3: expecting trouble.
0: I, I don't think she believes it. I think she no. just decided at that point, she decided, here's my idea. When she talks to Mary,
4: to now we're going to get in a big debate. When she talks to uh, Mary Margaret <laughs> afterward, she said, he chose, or he, he, what did, what did she say? Something He changed like, his mind. Yeah. And she, Mary Margaret, Snow White, was like all excited. It's like beforehand, Emma talked, this is my plan. I'll see if it works. It's my last thing I can do to see if the dad was, you know, stay with the kids. So I think she had already planned this out. And uh, just the way I think the witch planned to take the children. <laughs> um, Except I might agree with you on this one. thanks i guess um yeah so i think she definitely had this planned out beforehand that's why she stopped right at the the perimeter line
3: yeah but the car definitely looked like it was like something was happening to it have
4: you ever driven a manual for the first time do you remember how you drove do we know that's manual though (laughs) no but i couldn't do that it
3: was rocking the car was rocking yeah
0: it sounded like she
3: maybe she she did something to it
0: put it in manual or neutral or turn the engine off or i don't know but I think it the car is fine. By the way, uh, <laughs> the other... car is
4: fine, guys. No cars were hurt <laughs> yeah. in the making of this film, as well as no trees were hurt. As well, I just needed to throw this out. And, and the, no the tree that fell. falls down in the very beginning of this was a digital tree. I'm like really,
1: <laughs> they were oh,
4: afraid that they God. get sued if they cut down a real tree. I just had to throw that out there. That's
0: awesome. Andy wrote in some feedback with uh, time travel, and sorry, I just can't accept the time travel theory. That's just me. We'll talk about that in some other episode. Docs and also sent in some theories about um, maybe mm, something about the uh, Mr. Gold using magic with the card, or maybe not the card, and, and several people pointed out Sneezy.
4: If Daniel doesn't agree with your theory, don't feel bad, because yeah. you hear that he doesn't agree with many of mine, too. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> we're different it's good brings variety so we would love
0: to hear from you guys now here's something very important that we want your feedback on specifically this issue is we get a lot of feedback and it's starting to get really hard to try and incorporate this feedback uh, into an episode because we talk a lot yeah we do so what would you think of An extra feedback episode in the week. It might not be all of us, all four of us together, but it would give us a chance to at least read the feedback, address it to an extent. What would you think of that? Please let us know. Share any feedback you'd like with us. Send it to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. And you can also leave a comment in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 10. And make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a nice rating and review. That would be wonderful. And follow all of us on Twitter.
4: So I was going to say, because we don't have time to go through and reply to each one of these people, we're going to do a whole episode and verbally talk for long hours and talk about each one of these (laughs) feedbacks. It saves so much more time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Or watch the blog, because we might post some of these things on the blog, too, and respond to them there. And that's over at the same website address oncepodcast.com. So we really appreciate your listening. And I know we're having a hard time keeping these episodes under an hour, but we appreciate we'll well. your patience with us and we are loving the show. Looking forward to the next episode. Please join us live Thursday evenings at nine thirty PM, but make sure before you, before Wednesday comes, make sure that you check the website anyway, just to make sure we don't change the schedule because we might change that sometime soon. To possibly Wednesday, but just make sure that you check the website at noodle.mx/live or oncepodcast.com. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter as the ramen noodle.
2: My Twitter name is flegon P H L E G O N.
4: And what's your real name? Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Dan, and my Twitter is dan flynn design.
3: I'm Jenny, and on Twitter I am Jenny's Nook.
0: And like we said before, please send us your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 and check out the show and all of the posts over at oncepodcast.com and subscribe that way. So no matter what you do, no matter how you're tempted. Don't eat anything. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts like this one over at noodle.com. MX